You're listening to The Table Talk with your host, Anthony Irvin, a.k.a. Spoken Life. Tune in every other Thursday starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with me and a new special guest live on Facebook and Twitch. Let's start the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Table Talk. I am your host, Anthony Irvin. This is episode 22. Uh, We are approaching the one-year mark of Table Talk, and uh, I do got to say thank you for everybody that has been uh, coming on uh, and watching every episode, even if you're watching the replays or watching it, uh, you know, days or weeks later. Thank you for uh, the shares. Thank you for showing the the show some love. Uh, And also got to give another shout-out to the Woodland String Band Open Mic. Uh, They are doing their one-year anniversary uh, Open Mic tonight, Uh, so if you guys are checking out some... Uh, awesome uh, artists out there from the local area. Make sure you guys go check out on Facebook the Woodland String Band Open Mic. Uh, they have some awesome, uh, you know, musicians that I personally know, and a couple have been on the show. So uh, if not, make sure to go check them out, show them some love too. Just want to give them a uh, happy, happy, uh, and congrats on the one year mark. Uh, as well, uh, I want to extend the invite and. Uh, the uh to everybody who is watching to uh if they are willing and they want to support the show even more tonight uh feel free to join us on patreon Uh, i have a private community over there on patreon and i want to give a shout out to my patrons uh bernadette dave and mary thank you all for being so supportive and uh you know tuning into the uh show uh and giving me the tips that i need to help uh, keep doing the show every week and I love your support. The, uh, little tips you guys are able to, uh, give me every, uh, uh, once in a while. And they're also getting the bonus footages of these shows that I don't air live, nor do I post on uh, social media. So you can only see them on the Patreon. So where, uh, where can you say, uh, if you want to go to the uh, Patreon, make sure you check that out on www.patreon.com slash table underscore talk. You get all the, uh, Uh, access to uh, bonus footage, as well as some uh, songs that me and some past guests have done that are only on the Patreon account. There's three different tiers, and you guys can check them out at that link. I would love to have you guys join the community and uh, support the show even further. So... On to tonight's show, uh, I have a awesome guest with me, uh, he is another local area uh, younger musician, but a lot of knowledge, this kid has a lot of knowledge, and we've been talking, and I'm looking forward to having a great chat with him tonight, so let's get him on here, uh, please everybody welcome Zach Chap, everybody. Hey. What's going on, boy? How, How you, you doing? That's a nice little intro. Yeah, I try, I try to do my good, best man. every time. Like, uh, you know, try to so, give a hard intro to everybody. <laughs> so you said the Woodland String Band, uh, Mama anniversary. You know, happy anniversary to those guys. I actually yeah. signed up for that at this time, like right now, seven thirty, <laughs> about a week ago. And then I was like, oh, that's I, that can't the same night. You know, that, that, I, have, I have this. If so. only we can be in the same place at uh, at uh, two different places at the same time. <laughs> so your past guest, uh, Tom Curtis Jr., he actually took the spot. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. going on right now. It's pretty cool. He's freaking great, man. He's awesome. Oh yeah, Tom's a great dude. Love yeah. Tom. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, I did a couple of the uh, Woodland String Band uh, open mics when they were first starting out, and then you know when I was taking my hiatus, I did like you know no open mics, no live streams or anything, and so I definitely got to get back on there one uh, you know the uh, weeks that I'm not doing the show and everything because uh, you know there's a lot of uh, great talented people on there too. So I think I did every week but five. Mr. Cunningham and uh, Mr. Ford, they they could tell you more mm-hmm. about uh, who's been on it, but I think I missed five total weeks, maybe maybe more than that. Uh, like I played almost every one, which is really cool. I didn't know that. Like, yeah, you played so much of these. What? And it's all, I mean, they're only, uh, 15 minute sets, but it, and they go so fast. Cause the, the times that I'm usually playing, I'm trying to get like, you know, so many songs in. Cause I right. feel the, I feel the pressure of those 15 minutes. Like, Oh, I got him like, you know, make an impression on some, something for like 15 minutes. And then by the time I get done one, cause I mean, I'm, I'm so used to doing live looping songs. Sometimes a, a live looping song can take me, you know, five, six minutes just to get one right. full thing in. So I'm like, Oh, well, I'm already halfway done. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I try to do the shorter songs on their page, especially if it's a 15-minute, any 15-minute one, I try to do the shorter songs. But, I mean, if you want to do a long song or two, then there's your window. I mean, yeah, so many great support there. I mean, so many great people. Uh, the Woodland String Band, all their community, plus all like a lot of the Delco music scene, they're involved on that, too. Yes. And people from all over the place. So, it's, it's just perfect. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, for those of uh, you who may not know uh, Zach, uh, Zach, do you want to give a little background to who you are? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm from Delco. I mean, I helped co-found the DCOM page back during COVID when it first started. I've been playing music for about probably about eight years, five years in the in the scene. I play bass and guitar, and I just released a single called Communicate, and that's on Bandcamp.com. You can go to Zach Chat Bandcamp. You can check out the my first EP, Wingless, is on there as well, as well as a single. Yeah, we'll definitely be getting into talking more about your single tonight for sure. And uh, knowing that it's your first sing- uh your I mean your your latest or your first single you were saying. So this is my first real single. Uh, I've released okay. stuff on SoundCloud in the past, you know, singles. But this is like I actually went to a studio and I'm actually in the process of recording a record, a second EP. Nice. And it, so it, it's you know a lot more formal, if you will, mm-hmm. compared to my first record, which was just all done in my room alone. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel this, uh, you know, I was talking with my last guest and we were talking a lot of music production and like home recordings and stuff. And, you know, it's uh, amazing with, uh, you know, technology right now that you can record a, a decently sounded studio recording in your bedroom. And, you know, that with uh, almost no budget, with you, all you really with mean, almost like a hundred dollar budget in, in some cases. <laughs> not even, man. I, wingless was like maybe 50 bucks in total right. budget. Man, I had an Apple iPhone, you know, one of those earbuds. They come with the iPod. Yeah. And I had the microphone on it. That was the microphone I used for the entire record. And I uh, managed to make it pop and layer uh-huh. it a bit. Yeah, I mean, it, especially people who, like, record on the iPhones. I mean, the, the iPhone does have some good sound quality. I mean, there's people that obviously use the iPhone for, web for you know, their webcam. Some people use it for their audio. I mean, the, the audio on those things are really phone. nice. Not even the phone, the headphones that come with the phone. Yeah, and they're I really nice, too. Like, and I plug that into my computer. That was <laughs> my main microphone for the vocals. For the yeah, guitar, for your, the yeah, for your monitors, yeah. <laughs> Everything on the record was done with this, you know, you know, part of my friendship, a shitty, shitty little mic, but it doesn't uh-huh. matter. In, in current day, that was 2018, but still, even, they have more stuff now than they did three four years ago. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the era of being the minimalist. <laughs> right. Indie has a whole new meaning. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. 
so uh yeah we were we were talking a little bit uh about like our upbringings with uh you know starting out playing music and stuff and you know how you found your way of playing guitar and you know learning with uh you know how you were learning to play blackbird and you know you're like oh like now i can play and then you just want to go here and go there and you know why don't you touch a little bit more on like how you came into you know learning the guitar and actually wanting to start actually do more songwriting and stuff uh, well, me and my buddy, we taught each other how to play basically every day. We would, we both had very poor quality guitars, you know, maybe less than a hundred dollar guitars, and uh-huh. you know the action was so high, it would hurt your strings when you play. My my my, my fret fingers would bleed as I would play it because of yeah. how hard I was pressing down. I had no calluses or anything. Right. And then we basically just help each other get better. You know, we never really took any formal lessons, but he watched stuff on YouTube. I I didn't really like to do that. I like to listen to music. Mm-hmm maybe look up the uh, sheet music or the tabs if I yeah. was able to read it. Back then, I had no idea what I was even looking at. So it was pretty cool. It was definitely a challenge. Um, like you said, I the first song I actually learned was Blackbird. I actually, after school, which is, oh, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm practicing. I said, right. hey, what are you practicing? Uh, I can't tell you. you know <laughs> I mean? It's, it's going to be awesome. And it was like the first big <laughs> challenge. And then I feel like that was the way I learned guitar really was just, climbing obstacles like mentally you know mental bridges it's like all right well i can do this well man now maybe i could do that my buddy actually wrote a song showed it to me I'm like wow like you wrote a song i write a bit too you know but uh-huh. i've heard a song before i wrote a song and i was like yeah look what i could do you know it was a friendly competition you know <laughs> pay a lot of respect to like john and paul you know they stuck together for that entire time when they were the beatles and that's pretty much it was the same basis you know what i mean those two kids had no idea what they were doing mm-hmm. with music they liked music they didn't know how to play it and then it was about a year or two later and we were both doing our own thing and it was really cool and that's how a lot of you know early bands usually started there's like hey let's just jam and like see where it goes i mean you hear a lot of but like i think one of the cases like it was like nirvana like they didn't really expect to blow up or anything they were just uh, like right. three dudes in a garage just saying like hey let's just play music because we love music and then you know obviously i guess they either had some people saying like hey you guys need to be playing shows they play a show you know five people come out then they tell 10 people then those 10 people tell 50 then those 50 tell five like it and then it just blows up like a wildfire and then you know well you know i'm still young i never really had an interest in playing live or being a musician like full-time i just like to do it it was really an escape for like therapy you know right uh, relieve stress and you know anxieties absolutely and then it led to uh my buddy and you know he moved to europe and I started playing by myself. And then I, me and my one friend, we started a band called The Beekeepers. And that mm-hmm. was like the first, like, oh, well, we're going to play live. I mean, that was even before The Beekeepers were like, oh, we're going to play live. So it was like Burlap and Bean. That was like the place where everybody started. You know what I mean? Right. So we're, right. Oh, RIP to the Burlap and Bean, by the way. It's actually, later on that, it's actually reopening as a different name. That's what I heard. Mr. Like, I mean, they were, they, were getting rid of the, they were getting rid of the name, but they were reopening it. Some I didn't know. Uh, did Maybe they figure like out a name yet or? I forget the name off the top of my head, but I could definitely fact check it in a bit. Um, yeah. You know, not to get away from the subject on the uh, origins. So actually, Tom Curtis, he hosted an open mic, Red Iron Pub. And that's how I really yeah. got the network I had. But before I even played live, I saw McCartney live. It was uh, I was working. I really wanted to go, and I, I didn't get a ticket. I couldn't go. My friend Charlie, great friend of mine, his uncle used to own McFadden's, the bar that was in the Citizen Bank Park. Uh-huh. And they had box seats to everything. Like they can get tickets to anything. And <laughs> I'm working. It's about 3 o'clock. I'm getting ready to finish a clock out. I get a call. He's like, hey, you want to see McCartney? And I'm like, 
yeah, I want to see McCartney's night. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I, leave, I would love I leave to. now. My boss is like, yeah, get out of here. Like, you have to go see Paul McCartney. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I swear it was like a USB stick was like stuck into my brain. Hmm. And I watched how he talked to the crowd and like his like swagger, like the way he was. And mm-hmm. it was almost like he was trying to teach, teach me how to play. Like teach me how to play in front of a crowd. Yeah, I would love to see Paul McCartney live. It was one of those things where I felt like literally it was just me and him and he was literally like, This is this is what you want to if you want to do this, these are the steps that you need to take. Now he didn't physically say any of these things, but in yeah. my brain I, it was like this knowledge just it was I wasn't you know, I was just sober. I was just went I watched it. I couldn't even drink it. I think I was like nineteen, you know, yeah. twenty one yet. And I just remember, like, just it was like this whole course of knowledge just flowed in me, and after that, I said, "All right, I need to play live. You know, this it's time now." Yeah, and that's how it's it always that started. one little thing that kind of sparks that uh, fire to be like, "Hey, you know, I, I love what he's doing. That's what I want to do." And that it, I feel it, as a musician, you know, you you have something that always sparks that, and then you know, even with musicians going to shows that are not actually theirs, like they listen to music a lot different than just a regular listener. There, I mean, it's one thing they're listening, like people go to listen to music, but I've, we we listen to. I've the never music. done that. That was like the first time it ever happened. It hmm. was literally like it was insanity. Like I can't. It was. It's surreal. a different experience, man. It. it was an astral experience. After that, I started playing live. You know, I was okay. Uh, you could find all that stuff on Facebook, on the YouTube yeah. and stuff as well. The early videos of me playing live. It's actually really cool to see the the evolution and the formation of a, of a uh-huh. style. And uh, so I played Burlap and Bean. I uh, started networking a bit. Somebody told me about uh, Red Iron Pub, which mm-hmm. is a bar. It used to be. It still is, but it's a different owner now, same name, the whole whole story. Uh, Tom Curtis Jr. hosted that. Right. That yeah, I do remember in. that. That was my in. Uh, Jim Cunningham, big shout out again to him. Yes. Frank and Scotty, Tom Curtis Jr., all these guys, Jim Tauscher, they're like literally like, if you want to do this, like this is, you know, here's some tips. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't like every time, you know, but it was like if I got, they got me one on one, they'd be like, hey, like try to sing higher like uh i feel like you're like afraid to like sing to the crowd i'm like what you know i am like you got to get rid of that yeah i mean everybody has these anxieties and fears like even if you're not nervous you still have that you still have to overcome those obstacles to play to become a musician that was before i knew what a gimmick was or like anything like any of these crazy terms that we have as musicians in this industry i knew nothing about any of that yeah and in this course of time and i learned it all from these great people i went to 2312 they gave me my first live gig like where i got paid Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Hainides, 314, all those guys, Rick and Chris, like same thing. Like, it was like stepping stones. Like they, they were like, oh, we thought we were it. We thought we were the last generation of, of live music. You know, all these kids rap now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> I like to play music. I want to, and then I found out I wanted to inspire people. And now we see who I am now. It's, it's an incredible journey. You know, really, yeah. You can see all that through the history. Of the yeah. Videos. And, you know, I uh, just like, me, I felt the same way that, you know, going to open mics uh, really helped me build my confidence up with being on stage by myself because I was I used to being in bands with two, three other dudes on stage. And I'm like, OK, well, if I mess up, nobody's going to hear me. But, you know, when you're up there by yourself, the, unless people are like really, really paying attention, they hear every little, you know, knickknack what you're doing. The people, I, the people I played with, they were interested, but they weren't interested in like really doing it. And mm-hmm. that was what it really baffled me. I mean, I still jam with them from time to time, which is great. They're like my best friends, but it's just, it's a different game when you actually want to do it. 
Yeah. And uh, then when I started playing solo for real, and that's how I really started getting into it. I got bronchitis. I made wingless. And that was like the big wake up call was like, I got to quit smoking cigarettes. I got to get my health together. And, uh, you know, I want to, I want to live. I want to inspire people. That was it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chris is saying, good point, Zach. You should rap too, though. (laughs) I could. I mean, uh, I'm not big on rap. I like poetry. Yeah, I, I've never been too much on the uh, rapid. I have my people that I tend to be like, oh, okay, I mean, if I'm in that type of mode, I can listen to them, but I'm not like a person like, oh, I got to listen to him today. Like, it's always been, you know, more, you know, blues, there's rock, some, all those type. There's some great, there's some great rappers, man. Uh, Biggie Smalls. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, Easy E. Like, there's so many. Like, I can name like 10 others. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, 80s, 90s, hip hop, all those guys. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with, with that era it, of it music. It was the blues. They were in a shitty situation and they were trying to make better of themselves and they rapped about it and they talked about the struggle. If you want to be big, this is what you have to do. And this is also what you don't want to do. Absolutely. You don't want to sell drugs. You don't want to be a gangster on the street. You know, it might look cool, but at the end of the day, it isn't like, we have to pay our bills. Like I went to jail. Like, you know, these people, they're, they're blues artists. Yeah. You know, and then you go into the modern rap, uh, kind of Puff Daddy kind of like changed the scene. Like he kind of made rap more of a pop, more of a, like he wanted rap on the billboard mm-hmm. and they, they did that. They incorporated like the rock with the rap. Like you have like Lincoln park comes in in the two thousands. They're like a hybrid of both. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just so cool to see how it evolved from the blues to almost rock and roll you know you, now you have these rappers they're like i have money i have girls i have fast cars mm-hmm. you can't get this like almost like early rock and roll like the 70s you have, or the 80s rather the hair bands yeah you see like these gimmick bands they come in and they're like driving the motorcycles right. and all these crazy mustangs and the hot rods the whole motley oh, crew phase that was what kind of changed like the yep. whole scenes of like you know yeah. the whole you know because Meta- like the metallica type thrash metal bands were out there on the you know the strip doing their thing and then they saw these dudes like dressed up in makeup like the motley crew guys like well what the hell are these they're guys inspired. doing but then they're selling out people they're selling out japan. the all those people you know in, in japan gimmick rock was the thing in the 80s and motley crew it took that there's a band called x japan Mm-hmm. And these guys are the greatest metal band of all time, even if some of their stuff is in Japanese. But some of their stuff in English is phenomenal. And these guys, there's this one guy, and his name's Yoshiki. He's a drummer and a keyboardist. And it's crazy. It, it, he's, like, one of the best drummers alive. He, like, kills himself playing drums, basically. Mm. And it's so cool. And Motley Crue, they're like, oh, like gimmick bands? Like, this is, like, Japan? Like, they took that culture and Americanized it. Right. And it's so interesting to see that in the shift in the in the music scene. You know? Yeah. Like I, it's, you know, I love it. I'm a music historian. And it was all about, you know, it's one thing. They were great musicians, but they were able to give you a show, an entertainment show as well. You know, I mean, I'm not sure if you saw the Netflix special or the Motley Crue special, but like, you know, they kind of uh, yeah. give you a good example of like, you I mean, yeah, we can play music, but we want people to remember our show. Yeah, it's loosely based on the true events. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, based on true events, they, but yeah, they do what they could to like. They left a lot out, mm-hmm. like, and then they put a lot in that maybe shouldn't have been there. Like, right, you, you got more of like these guys were just assholes, basically. Is what? Is what oh yeah, yeah. But really, that you know, Nikki Six like really deeply cared about his music to the point where it drove him crazy. Mm-hmm. 
where he didn't want to be that gimmick man. He wanted to entertain people. And then yeah. you see the lengths that they take. They didn't want to be like the next this band or that band. They, they wanted to be something and different again, and like, you know, do something. And it was it was working. Japan, they put Tommy Lee Jones in that device where he's spinning while playing drums. And yeah. it was a gyroscopic device that was like engineering from Japan. Like you see like a lot of this stuff from Asia coming into the 80s. And it's still to this day that really shapes our music. It's really cool to see that. Yeah, it's it's fun being able to kind of analyze, you know, how music changes, even in like a short span of time. You know, there's always something changing with music, something that's always going to take, you know, whatever that current like we're, we're in some type of current situation with music now, probably about another five, ten years, something else is going to, you know, start changing because i think right now it's like it's all in like that you know with music it's about capturing people within that 60 second time limit because we're all big on that social media kick you know with like your 30 seconds doesn't captivate someone they're scrolling they're going to the next thing even then you know because i I think i've seen like studies like it's like if you if you're not captured within like a second or two i think it's even like less than a second if there's something that doesn't capture somebody in like less than a second they're scrolling so it's like you have to have something that pops in and like has their attention right off the bat you know the hard part is now with that in mind while playing you have to like get that out of the back of your head yeah because you're gonna you're not gonna play as well you just need to do your thing yeah especially camera shows where you're doing just live broadcasting decom or woodland just don't worry about the viewers because the replay value is insanely high like we did just a shout plug in the casual i've podcast wednesday night wednesday late night show on the decom yeah now we have our own page of casual feel free to like and share whatever you guys want to do and uh <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool because last night it said we had about like 18 to 19 people that watched it total and then i woke up this morning and it was it was about 90 views yeah like, wow, you know, yeah the replay values are re- really good especially with especially with uh here too you know sometimes it'll have nights where uh you know you have your nights where you don't have too many but then the ne- next morning you know it almost doubles because you know the re- replay value and you know people that because especially with social media if somebody doesn't catch it when it's live they're like oh, okay well you know it's going to be on replay i can always catch it in a couple hours later if i'm doing something i'll catch it on the replay so you people, know it's, people tend to watch podcasts before they're going to work, like while they're drinking their coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. like reading a newspaper, this is like the new newspaper. You know yeah. I mean? Like, oh, what, what interesting things am I going to learn from this today? Absolutely. And then you yeah. have people that also listen at the end of the night, where they're like getting ready to go to sleep. Oh, I need to put something on. Yeah. You know, something calming, which this is very calming. This is like the nicest atmosphere on any podcast I've ever been on. It's great. Right. Thanks for having me on here, man. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I did want to talk about uh, your podcast. You are also a podcaster. Uh, you run the Wednesday night, uh, the casual on the Delco Quarantine Open Mic page. So that is also an open mic that they do on there. And you also run the late night podcast called the Casual. Uh, so, uh, you know, t- tell us a little bit more about you know uh, getting started with that. Yeah, man. I mean, so you know, me, John Taylor, and Tara. As if you don't know. Uh, when COVID first started on the 16th of March, the three of us, we put our minds together. We made the Delco quarantine open mic page mm-hmm. every day. We had signups and it was like every day, like people were fighting each other to sign up. So then we just, after doing it for so long, we said, you know, just do open platform COVID starting. This is when COVID was like dying down for the first time. Right. If you will. So nobody was really going live our open platform. Yeah. And I missed 
I missed having the signups. I thought it was I do cool. too. And I, I was thinking yeah. when you were saying about the signups, like, dude, when it hit at one o'clock, you better be on that thing at one o'clock. Otherwise, yeah. in ten, in five ten minutes, you were not getting a spot. Oh. I was so, so then, surprised how quick those things filled up. I actually beta tested Monday, and Monday was not doing it for me. Like hmm. it just wasn't working. And then Shane and Mark, they did like the Monday night thing. Yeah, and that was one of them like branded. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday, you know, and I have catchy names. I was like, you know, casual Wednesday and then casual open mic. Yeah. And uh, it was like the same thing. It was like put out the list between 12 and one. And the second I put it out, it's filled still. And it's just so neat. And because uh, I saw a lot of other pages still had signups and they're yeah. still going. And I was like, well, why don't we have that anymore? That was like, right. We're the, you know, like the first people to do this. Yeah. So I, I, I got to, you know, we always talk in the group like, if we're going to launch a new program, if like something like that, I'm like, Hey, like we're going to do this. And then the casual podcast was inspired by, of course, Delco after dark, like the, the father of all Delco podcast. Shout out, shout out to Delco after dark. Love those Paul, guys. Frank, Mike and Patty, you know, Patty actually started, yeah. they had the idea for it and got all the great minds together to, to make it what it is. And then I was on there, one of their third guests, I think. And then, um, whatchamacallit, <laughs> mind fart they like, really <laughs> launched it and i was on it again and then in the green room carl was like you know you should think about doing this you know i think you'd be good at it because you you know you're entertaining and i like, i don't know like and then he wasn't the first person to say that so then it was started building and then i couldn't go live on wednesday and like i always love to go live and give the lineup mm -hmm. i like say like compliment or five about each person that plays and then play maybe a song or two Right, and then I couldn't do that, and I was so upset. Like, it, I, I, it, it, like, really hurt me. Like that, I couldn't like shout everybody out. Like, and then Lisa was like, "Oh, maybe you should do a post show." Light bulb. Light bulb. There you go. Yep. Lisa Lerman. It was her idea for that to even start. She, and then she's like, "Oh, well, I just meant for you to go live and like, like, <laughs> no, this is, like I'm having Chris Ryan on as a, as a guest." Yeah, and we're going to interview him because he is the coolest and he's like one of the newer musicians in the scene on the page. OK, yeah. So Chris, Chris Ryan, he's been commenting. So it's he's the, uh, you know, uh, he's are co you co-host? OK, so Chris he's Ryan, thank you for watching. Hello. And you know, he was he was commenting saying he loved the show tonight. So thank thank you, Chris. Really appreciate you for watching tonight. People love him. Uh, they and he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, nah, dude, people, people love you. Like that, that was a great show. That was a great pilot episode. Like that was a great show. Do you want to be the the co-host? Like I can't do this alone. Right. That first fifteen minutes doing it alone was brutal, because you're not really talking to anybody. You're talking yeah. to the camera. Yeah. So it's it's tough. Weird. It really I, is. I only talk to myself if I'm alive or like playing guitar. I'll be like, "Well, oh, I got to play this song next." You know, that's as far as I go, like talking to myself. Right. You know. So it was just weird to me. I was like, "Chris, like you and I have great chemistry. Like we'll do this together every week. We're gonna get guests on here. Sometimes we don't, and it's like." which is us two. And then last night he phoned his brother, Kevin and Kevin came on the show and it was the first time I ever talked to him. This guy, nice, really cool guy. So, you know, it's just pretty much how this is. It's just, there's not really a script. We go live and just talk about the night and all yeah. the people that, play, of course, uh, we plug, uh, different podcasts like yours. We plug table talk like every week. Like, we're like, oh, check out. I appreciate that. Talk. Yeah. I was watching a little last night when, when I was, uh, you know, kind of just chilling in my, chilling in my bed a little bit. I was like, Oh, I saw the casuals on. I'm like, all right, let me tune in here for a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, see, 
because uh, I've watched you know a handful of times, and you know it's it's definitely like you know that you know table talk, Del uh, Delco after dark kind of chill vibey type uh, you know hangout session. You know, it's cool. So my three, I'd say four influences would be Letterman, Stern, Carson, and now Carl Park. Like he was really like, I just like watch how he did it, and I was like, he's like killer at talk show hosting. Like, mm-hmm. I could see him on TV. Like, I could see him on NBC. Like, instead of Kimmel, it's Carl Park. Tonight, <laughs> the Carl Park, Carl Park he's Tonight still, Show. He's so <laughs> hip. He knows, like, the in thing all the time. Like, I don't know how he gets this information. Like, he knows where everybody's playing. He knows, like, like the, you name it. Like, he can, like, he has, like, random trivia. Like, he's, like, I just, he reminds me of Letterman. And I could see him, like, kicking Kimmel's ass and really taking <laughs> over and saying, like, hey, like, I'm the talk show host now. You know, yeah, he's so good at what he does. He's a great interviewer, and that was really like that's how I wanted to be. Like when I went live, I was like, "Hey, I want to do this too." You know, Trying yeah. To Carl, he gave me like all the tips I needed too to like get started. He was like, "Oh, like OBS, uh, it's cake." I got yeah, you. yeah, it's definitely fun to have somebody to kind of just uh, show you the, you know, the little startups about how to get something going, and then you just you go off and do your own research. And that's and that's kind of how this started, you know. I, I had a little mm-hmm. bit of light bulb moment when I was online. I was uh, live with somebody who, uh, you know, kind of gave me that light bulb, and I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, I, I never uh, thought of maybe doing a talk show type of thing, but I needed some type of uh, thing to, you know, keep my mind uh, interested instead of because I I was doing live music. Uh, since April of that time and I'm like I need something to get my mind out of that always doing live music and always doing because I was doing you know three shows a week Tuesday Thursday and Saturdays and uh, I was like I need to change it up you know because I feel you know sometimes if uh, you're doing so many shows then you don't get as many viewers every show because they figured okay if you're going so many times okay if I don't get you on a Tuesday I'll get you on a Thursday or I'll get you on a Saturday I found that that as well I, I stopped going live as much uh, just because I work and yeah. other things going on, my you know a lot of the music stuff. Like we'll get into the single in a bit. Um, yeah, it, it's just I, I got busy and I couldn't go live. Like I, I felt like I was letting people down at first, but I was like, no, like I need I need to like take a break. I was going yeah. live like four or five times a week. You know what I mean? That was just too much. You know, and that even before COVID, I was doing that, like going to open mics and such. So it was just really cool to uh, take a break and really uh, practice the craft more. And then when I came back. Mm-hmm. It was like everybody was like, "Oh my god!" You know, it was so. You know, it was really cool. And that's what really I feel beautiful. about COVID. You know, I mean, it's it's a shame that we had to resort to a lot of these restrictions and staying home. But I feel as musicians, you know, maybe we needed that reset for a lot of people. Like, you know, we were getting in this consistent view of like, okay, you got a show, you're playing the same songs, you're just like, you know, hey, I'm just do- I'm doing what I got to do. But now you're home, no shows. Like, okay. Maybe this is the reset button I need. I'm going to, you know, practice my craft a little bit more. I'm going to practice a whole new set so that when, you know, we start getting into shows and more consistent again, it's going to be a brand new me and I'm going to be a brand new person. And people are going to be like, wow, he came out of this like even better. Than, like I loved going to his shows before, but now like I got to see him almost every time he's playing because, you know, I've been seeing him. So, you know, I was able to, you know, upgrade a lot of my equipment, you know, and do this and do a little bit of that. So I'm hoping to kind of just, you know, at least come out of this with a, a little bit of new, um, 
you know, experiences to be like, you know, uh, you know, this was the old me, like, uh, pre pandemic and then post pandemic, you know, it's a brand new me that I can, you know, play a little bit more of this and a little bit of that. So <laughs> heck man, I think that's a lot of people. I think especially in our front of the Delco scene, I think there's a lot of people that are going to be coming out of this. They're strong. I think we're going to see a lot of success for all these musicians, yes. especially the ones that really want to pursue greatness and really want to like change the scene. I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see a lot more people rising to the surface uh, from the cracks, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. So the single just thank came you, out. Lisa. You can go on Lisa. Thank you for watching. We, uh, you know, on Bandcamp, it's on iTunes, anywhere you could buy it. It's also on SoundCloud. I don't want to say that. But it's also on SoundCloud, so you can go on there and listen to it for free if you like it. And then on Bandcamp, it's two bucks. You can go and check it out. And uh, if you buy it, I get a I get an email and it says you bought it. And then there's stickers coming out. I'm gonna have T-shirts, a whole bunch of merchandise coming out for Zach Chat Music and all things that uh, communicates about. You know, just communicating. Just talk to your friends and loved ones. Tell them you know that you're there for them. And uh, you never know what could happen. Uh, yeah, man. You know, we are all forced inside, and a lot of people are introverts. But now we are all forced to be introverts, and it's a very tough time for a lot of us. And that's just about, you know, maybe answering that phone instead of throwing it and not talking to anybody. Or maybe put the phone down and actually have a conversation with somebody face-to-face. -face. Yeah. So if there's any way you want to interpret uh, the chorus of the song, I, did, have you listened to it? I have. I I yeah. do I I did listen to it the other day and I uh you, with a lot of your producers that you were mentioning I I definitely see uh, a lot of those influences and like the vibey you know I love the guitar work and it has like a lot of vibey feels and you know I I, I really like the guitar work in there. And it was a uh, Matt T. McKelly on lead guitar, he, phenomenal. He he's just going to be the next Zappa. I'm telling you, he he can play anything. And then you have uh, Chris Ryan actually, co-host of the Casual and commenter on Table Talk on the organs they're in Very there somewhere nice. and then we have some great mixers masters like if you go and you can read the personnel on your leisure and it it's really cool to see these legends you know coming to work with me and it, it was such an honor and an opportunity to do that you said you and actually I, had uh one of the producers who produced the grateful dead uh his name is michael mcginn and he he works with bob weir uh you know muskrat flats is actually recorded with them as well Okay. And, uh, it's pretty cool. So that's how that's I made awesome, that man. connection. And uh, yeah, it's pretty neat to see that, you know, come to fruition. And, uh, you know, hoping to keep working with them. And uh, yeah, I mean, just this whole music community, I mean, like Muskrats, like I have done sound for them and like helped them out and stuff. Like, this is, like I've learned so much from them. And they're, uh, you know, great influences of mine. They're Delco music band, uh, Muskrat Flats. Uh, Patty McCann, the founder of the uh, Delco for Dark, that's his band. Mm -hmm. and it, it's cool him and his brother and uh, yeah, his brother actually helps me out a little bit with uh, some music stuff that gives me some pointers and uh, you know points me in the right direction for like networking and stuff like that so it's really cool you need it's always good to help? have people like that uh, young or old you know if you're just getting in the business or you've been in the business a long time but you need some kind of guidance uh, definitely Maddie McCann's the go-to guy uh, he's killer uh, he you know he actually produced Kyle Pilek's record, uh, Pilek, and I picked <laughs> this up backwards for you guys. But And there's some really cool songs on here. You could actually go to Pilek.com and check it out. And the CD, this is my favorite part because uh, it you know has like all the producer credits on it and stuff. But for all those vintage folk, it looks like a 45. Very nice. 
Yeah, that's vintage right there. That's when you know it's real. I thought I thought I thought it was a record. Oh, and I opened it. I'm like, did he send me a 45 X? No, and it has like his card in there too. Like it says like who he is. So definitely like step in, you know, might take this step as well. Looks really yeah. good, you know. <laughs> so. and, spe- and speaking of vinyls, uh, I did a uh, a thing for vinyls. Uh, this New York recording studio, uh, Lista Villa Recording Studios, has been doing something. I'm not sure if they're currently doing it, but they were doing it uh, this time last year where they would be asking uh, artists to, um, you know, record, uh, you know, cover songs for people and record them individually send them out to them they'll print it onto a vinyl and they give and they give it back to them to ship it out to the people uh that they that you played it for so i you know i did that last year and i had a couple people you know buy some vinyls for me and they came with uh you know the personalized list of villa spoken life uh you know i think it was a seven inch vinyl and it was, uh, you know, a personalized vinyl made personally for them of me playing a song for them that they picked. So it was a really now, cool did experience. Have, did you have to pay for that? Was that no upfront cost? No. So basically, it's for the. It was basically for the artist. So uh, whatever money you made uh, was basically what you. Uh, it, it, you you weren't getting. You didn't have to put up any money. It's, you're basically making money if you and if if you didn't uh, make any money, you didn't make any money. You didn't have to pay for anything. That sounds really cool. What was it? The, the Villa? New York Villa? It's uh, Lesta Villa Recordings. Le- Lesta Villa Recordings. Yeah, I'm just look into that. They're, they're really out cool. of uh, New York. I'll definitely uh, send you a link to those. And oh. it's, it's oh, really yeah, cool. Definitely. It's really cool because, uh, you know, you just uh, they set you up a homepage and you just put up a whole bunch of uh, covers that you would think people would be interested. Send people to the page. They uh, pick the song that they want you to play. Then you individually record. So say I paid for you to play a song for me. Say I wanted you to play black. Say I wanted you to play Blackbird for me. So you go and record Blackbird, and then uh, you send them the audio file. They'll print it to a uh, a vinyl, and then they'll send it to me. So then that's it. So it's cool, cool, man. Yeah, it was a cool experience. And you get you get to give them like a personal message before you play too. Like, hey, thanks for you know. Uh, you know, purchasing a vinyl. Uh, I hope you enjoy this. This is so and so of me playing this song, and you know, you play the song, and so I think it, the song had to be within no longer than a certain amount of time because I think you know the vinyls only print a certain amount of time. Right. So uh, you had to make sure that the song was no longer than I think five minutes. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, how many songs are longer than five minutes? You know. Right, right. And some of them I did a little bit of live looping on them, so I had to make sure I was, you know, either had the loop prepared. So, like, sometimes it takes, like, a minute to build a loop, so I had to make sure that the loop was already prepared. So that kind of cut down, like, a minute for me. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, if you're just doing straight acoustic acoustic guitar and vocals, then, yeah, I mean, most most, uh, covers, depending on, you know, unless you're playing certain songs that are way over. I'm I'm a nut. Like, if I go to record a track in my house, I wind up grabbing my bass, grabbing a drum. Like, you know, like I I can't, like, because I hear it in my head, and I'm like, well, you know, I need it. You know, I'm not too good at lead guitar, but when I do, it sounds okay. I have a B-side for communicate, you know, still in pre-release stages and uh, mm-hmm. I, that's everything just wingless style i've done everything myself on it uh, drums also awesome. bass guitar backup vocals everything it's pretty cool so i'm excited for that release as well it's called in the rust mm. one of the newer songs i wrote 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. So let's get into uh, one of the uh, newest segments wheel? that we have on here. Yeah, let's let's that... spin this wheel, buddy. Uh, so we have the table talk wheel. So we have three different topics, Zach. Uh, we have a top five, a this or that, or uh, a topic question. So let's give this thing a spin and see what we come up with tonight. Oh, it actually spins. That That's cool. Uh, between topic and top it five. It, it landed in the middle that's tonight. Like the top three topics. How you know what? Work? I think we need to spin this one more time because that is never... That's a, they, uh, that's a table talk first. <laughs> Let's see. We have this or that. We got the first time doing this or that. This or that. This or that, everybody. So this or that is a game that I uh, made up of basic uh, things that, you know, you pick two categories or little two, uh, you know, phrases and you come out with a quick answer of which one you like better. And chat, if you guys are watching, you can, you know, chat along with and, uh, you know, do the same thing with us. And so I'm just going to pick a couple and we're just going to, you know, discuss them. So first one, cookies or cake? I'm gluten free. Ah. So, um, uh, <laughs> Great I guess, start. I guess I, I guess cake. I mean, I miss cake the most. So <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Summer or winter? Summer. Tea or coffee? Tea. Boat or plane? Boat. Boats all the way. Boats. Superman or Batman? Oh, I, I'm not. I, Batman wins, so Batman. I got to say Batman as well on that one. I'm a he Batman wins. fan until I die. He wins at the end. He kills Superman. TV, <laughs> shows or mo- TV shows or movies? movies they're they're more compelling you know tv shows end on such a shitty note and all the time you never get a good ending yeah (laughs) breakfast or dinner dinner for sure being warm or being cold warm summer piercings or tattoos uh tattoo singular or plural no, no piercings, you know. Mm. Okay, and last one. Christmas or Halloween? Halloween, of course. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm a I love Christmas. My my wife is a big Christmas fan, but I love Halloween. I always loved it as a kid, you know, dressing up and you know, I'm not much of a scary, scary, scary movie person, but I love my, you know, Michael Myers, Friday thirteenth, Jason Voorhees, you know. Those uh, ones are cheesy. I, I don't even call them horror movies. Even as a kid, like you knew like Yeah, I mean they're they're the cheesier ones, but the now, I mean to me, like they're the classics of like I, I at least always gotta watch a Michael Myers movie. Not the classic Texas Chainsaw Master, the original. Yes, that's you know, a good one too. That, I usually try, I usually try to catch that one too. Scared the hell out of me growing up. I saw yeah, him like six or seven. Oh my god, I had a dream where I had I like became friends with him and like turned him into a good guy, the Leatherface dude. Like, <laughs> you don't need to chainsaw people. And like no. that's how I like, got over that like that scary like guy's gonna take your face you know what i mean like because every time you start a chainsaw you always got to like wave it in the air you know yeah because you got to do that yeah (laughs) that that freaked me out you know so then it was 
how to get over that one. That was like my first big scary movie that actually scared me. I'm, <laughs> I'm big into being scared, you know? Yeah, right? Scary movies and, don't scare me. You know, piercings, tattoos. I would have to probably go with tattoos as well. I mean, I I had my ear pierced. That's the only you know, piercing I've ever really had. I don't yeah, have any tattoos, I, I but I w- I've always wanted a tattoo. I just haven't had the, the, uh, you know, idea to be like, okay, I definitely want that on my arm. I mean, yeah, I've always I, had like the cliche of like, right. Oh, I can put a guitar on my arm, but I'm like, you know, I want something meaningful yeah. instead of just a guitar. Like, Oh, uh, let me get like, I don't know, something stupid. And then 50 years down the road, it's like, why did I get this tattoo? You know, that's like, why. I, <laughs> that's why I'm like hesitant. I'm like, I, I want to get this now, but what am I going to think about it in in my fifties or sixties? Like, why was I so stupid to get that? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that was cool. That was that. That was interesting. Fifty-fifty kind of thing. Like, right. Yeah. Some of them, I was like, oh, I gotta think about this. And some of them are good. And and, and some of them I didn't even say, but I uh, I wanted to kind of save some for you know different situations, but you know. Being warm or being cold, I'm a warm person. The only time I yeah. like when it's cold is if it's snowing. If it's not snowing yeah, it's not and it's cold, out, I'm I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I, I was born in summer '97 during a heat wave. I think it was 108 degrees a day. I was born. Of course, I was in air conditioned hospital. When's your but birthday? Always July 24th of '97. No way. I'm, like I'm July 20th. Oh, there we go. There you, there you and, go. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was apparently really hot out. I've always preferred the heat over the cold. Mm-hmm. The summer, like I, I flourish in the summer. It's something with those summer out. babies. <laughs> it's 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 weird, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chad. If anybody heard any of the uh, this or that questions, or if you're watching the podcast version later, feel free to comment your uh, answers to the this or that questions. Oh yeah, I would love to hear your responses. And you know, I still got you know uh, Superman or Batman. I'm a Batman uh, fan, diehard Batman fan. Uh, Boater plane for me. Wolverine or or Batman, that would have been a toughie because it's two different universes, two different things. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) and with like you know I with friends I have a lot of friends who are big in the Marvel universe and I don't have too many friends or X Men. But, uh, you know, they got me into, you know, the whole Marvel situation with watching mm-hmm. Infinity War and Endgame. And, uh, you know, I, I do got to say, I mean, the Marvel universes die hard. And it's badass. The X-Men in the comics, they fight the Avengers. There's a big war between mm-hmm. the super mutants and the superheroes. And then eventually, of course, you know, Wolverine becomes an Avenger. Uh-huh. He becomes like an Avenger dude somehow. And it's really cool to see uh, how the movies are being done because it's billion dollar franchise and it's oh, yeah. so neat to see disney like just like putting all the money up front just to do this with john favreau like he's a legendary director so it's so cool to see him like like as a kid he was like a nerdy kid and now he's like actually directing these iron man like he never thought iron man would be this what it is now you know yeah now it's like every t-shirt a kid like you see iron man everywhere you know it's like so cool like his you know he really brought it to life this guy <laughs> This guy's just like, yeah, I know. That guy. I'm cameos of cameos on Table Talk. <laughs> Superimpose it. <Yeah>. Excelsior. <laughs> For those watching the the podcast version, we got a little uh, bobblehead of uh, the Stan Lee. Stan that- Lee himself. Uh, he, he pops into the casual and s- expresses his opinions whenever... We need him to. <laughs> and he's firm. 
He's a stubborn, stubborn bobblehead, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about your single earlier, Zach, and especially you were saying the fact that uh, you're only a couple years in with you know, playing guitar and how far you've come, you know, especially, and you're always trying to help, you know, people with, you know, telling them, you know, just keep on doing what you're doing. And, you know, if, if you were to say to somebody who's just starting out with playing guitar, uh, how would you, you know, tell them to, you know, how would you keep them inspired to, you know, continue to play? I've always told people, you know, uh, try to find things about the guitar that want you to keep practicing and learning uh, something instead of just being like, oh, well, I just got to learn this chord and I think I'll be okay. Like, try to find, dig into it deeper, find things that you're practicing that makes it fun instead of always making it like a chore. And then you won't be, you know, as, you know, mad about like oh i can't get this quarter i can't get this if you continue to make it fun and something that inspires you to keep going then you know it's 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 always you're never going to want to put it down it's a great question um if i could say anything to anybody learning guitar i would say you know just if you really want to learn it if you're just learning it to learn it like just to you know like you said just to strum a chord or learn a song and it's like cool then do that and then if you like it keep going and this time, like, it, it, you know, you can just pick up something, anything, no matter what it is, and be good at it. it. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, name five things. This is for the viewers. Name five things that you want to do that you can't do or the or something that you're really good at and think about the first time that you've done it. It's mm-hmm. a better way to look at it. The first time that you've done it. And you're going to think back, well, I've really had to practice to get to where I'm at now. And that's all it takes to just just practice makes perfect. I know that sounds corny and it's a shame, but it's true. If you really, you know, learn the guitar and you really want to learn the instrument then just spend time with it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's one, one of those things that, you know, uh, in, unless you just have that it thing, it, you do have to spend some time, you know, it, learning, that's not even learning the craft. Either. I mean, I don't think that is, like, I, don't, I don't think, you know, natural talents are, are one thing, mm-hmm. but even if it's a, you're not going to know what the hell you're doing the first time you look at the guitar. Yeah. You know, even if you're like born with that gift or whatever, you're still going to have to take the time to, right. to learn some of it. You know, like nobody can just pick anything up. Like, I just don't think that's human nature. Yeah. It's just more people pick it up a little bit quicker than others. You still have exactly. to have, you still have to go through that beginner phase, but it's just a matter it's of some way. people get, some people get through that beginner phase a little bit quicker than others. Now to go off of that, now, if you see somebody learning guitar more quickly than you, that doesn't mean give up. Yeah. Or that you're good at it. It just means that, like Anthony just said, it, it just takes a little bit more time. Right. Than it might for you than it does somebody else because it's a very spiritual thing. Like you need to know yourself to play guitar. If you don't know who you are, you're not going to be able to learn the instrument. It's a really weird thing. If you want to be a true musician, you have to know thyself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it takes. Especially with that, it it does take a little bit to kind of, you know, know yourself as a musician. It, you to, but you, you got like you said, you're talking about journeys. You got to enjoy. You got to enjoy the journey as it goes, and you're gonna learn oh, things yeah. and you know meet people along the way, and you just got to ride it out. I, I think back, and I still see myself as that kid who's learning guitar in his basement, and and I still want to prove to myself rather than anyone else that you know I can I can do this for real, and I think that's really is my drive and then i often think back and i i still do think of myself as that and then i think wow like how did i get here i'm on table talk right now this is like pretty big deal stuff i'm honored to be here 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I think if you love what you do and it'll, it really will just come with you. Like it, it'll, something will cling on you. That's good energy. And it, you'll just get here, you know? So it's, it's so cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Incredible. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's kind of surreal. You know, it's hard to put the words. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, the, the things like that, sometimes it's uh, hard to put in words, but you, sometimes you like the, the, the less words you uh, take, the, the more meaningful they are, you know, instead yeah. of trying to put too much uh, wording into it, sometimes, le- sometimes less is more in those ways. <laughs> yep. It's incredible, man. The talent in this community is outstanding. It, yeah. Yeah. Every, I'm looking forward to hopefully a lot of these people coming out and, you know, not even necessarily just doing shows, but, you know, hopefully the community grows stronger in the live music scene that people can, you know, form more, you know, bonds with people, even through the Delco uh, quarantine open mic and all these other open mics that have formed over the last year. And, you know, just have a, a healthy growing music community that's just going to strive throughout the next couple of years, you know? I don't want to toot any horns, but I heard a rumor that the DCOM moderators, we are planning a little mini festival for when COVID's over. Awesome. I did hear yeah. a little bit of something about those things going, so that'd be cool. Nothing's in stone. Yeah. Uh, it's still, I just want to put the word out there. It's still a thing. Uh, we still talk about it. You know, we're like planning stages. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to happen. You're going to see me, John Taylor, all of your favorite Delco musicians, hopefully Anthony, all in person. I would love to. I think that'd yeah. be really cool. Hopefully in this region, in this area. Yeah. So it's not far away for anybody or if anybody's traveling from out of state, they can actually see Delco for what it is. Yeah. It's <laughs> the brand that we shine. Rather, we, we put a very dark place on a very happy <laughs> spectrum. Yeah. That is the Delco music scene. <laughs> and so, it's funny because <laughs> now people that are talking about Philly, they all, it seems like you, you can't talk about Phil, Philly without somebody Delco. mentioning Delco now. Delco accent. Yep, that Delco accent. My, Del- <laughs> my Delco accent's hidden. <laughs> hidden away. I say, I say water. People are like, could I get some water? So, I always just thought that was me. I always, I always just said water. I thought it was just me because everybody would always like it's oh, it's water. And I'm like, it, I've always oh, said water. Delco. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I am Delco then. <laughs> it wasn't until I traveled. It wasn't until I traveled and became like a bit more culture. Not that Delco doesn't have culture because there's yeah. a shit done in Delco. <laughs> that's why. That's why it's such a cataclysm of culture. So there's that accent, that Delco accent, that everybody knows and loves now because of Kate Winslet and all the great east time happy murder whatever you want to call that show i don't even know what the show was I'm not mm. big on tv but yeah it's pretty cool to see delco going on the map and i think yeah. uh, we had a little bit of something to do with that the delco page made abc news it did and it circulated around a bit and uh i think that helped delco go on the map even if it didn't i like to think that yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Delco's getting bigger and bigger by the day i love it <laughs> If they don't know us, they will know us. They know us now. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Zach, where, where can people, again, before we get out of here, where can people find you and your music? So I do have a Facebook page, Zach Chat Music, and I also am on SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Bandcamp's like where the single is if you want to buy it. Go to Bandcamp, Zach Chat, go to releases. You'll see the single. And then my first EP, Wingless, which is also available on there, I think for 4 or $5.00. So it's like six songs for like four bucks. I recorded and produced, mixed and mastered it myself. So check that out. Communicates a bit more formal. Recorded in studio. 
great song. I just played it if you if you missed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Table Talk, you know, about 15 minutes ago. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can find me on Bandcamp pretty much anywhere. You can Google Zach Chat Music. It's really funny, and I'll pop up. <laughs> Come a long way, you know? It's funny when you Spotify. Google search yourself sometimes, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I've had somebody do it for me, actually. Ah. If you Google search yourself, the results will pop up for you. Yeah. Because Google actually... Google search is based on your location, your cookies, like the information on your phone, and mm-hmm. what you search. So, like, if you go to Louisiana and say the 2020 election, it'll say it was rigged because, like, that's like everybody there like believes it was rigged. Believes it was rigged. So yeah. Google's going to tell you, like, literally, there's a, a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, and it goes into Google and how searches are and how social media played a big part in the elections and even Obama in 2008. Like, it's mm-hmm. so cool. Really neat, man. It's really cool. Check that out. Be yeah, the single. It's everywhere. There everywhere but Spotify. Uh, I'm not giving it to Spotify yet. <laughs> well, yeah. Make sure you guys check it out. It's definitely an awesome single, and uh, good luck with it. I really uh, hope it kind of gets the credibility that uh, you want it to, and you, uh, definitely keep on doing your thing, man. Thank you for being on here. We definitely got to do this again, and maybe you guys will be seeing me on the casual one uh, one day soon. Yeah, so this is part one of the two-part crossover. <laughs> uh, check out Mr. Irvin and sometime in June. Yeah, so we'll have to you know get that set up, and you guys will be able to check me out on a Wednesday night, uh, late night on the ca- on the uh, casual with Zach and Chris. Zach, we got to give some love dude, to Chris dude. as well. So, dude, got to give love to Chris. He's the reason why I keep doing it. He, he, if you get Chris on a topic that he likes, forget about it. He can talk about it for two hours, and that's what we need. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he has so much knowledge about some stuff, and it's so cool. And then it's like hand in hand. Like he'll like I'll like tell him like one episode we talk about the Stones, like Brian Jones and his influence on Jagger and Richards. Mm-hmm. He knew nothing about that, and I was shocked because it's like big history buff like I am. So. Yeah, pretty cool. You know, uh, my name is Zach. Uh, Zach Chap. You can find me everywhere. And Absolutely, guys. Zach. Make sure you guys check him out. Follow him. Subscribe. I uh, you know he, I I think he's got some uh, more too. music on the way. So YouTube, make sure you guys check him out there so you can keep up on all his music and his podcast. And uh, I want to say thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Uh, This has been Table Talk, episode 22. And again, if you guys want to be seeing some more bonus footage, that just started going live on the Patreon account. Again, you guys can go to the Patreon account by going to www.patreon.com slash table underscore talk. You get some bonus footage from tonight's episode. And I will see you all on another episode in two weeks. Thank you all for being here. My name is Anthony Irvin. This is, uh, again, my guest, Zach Chap. You guys have a great night. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Have a great night.